Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo, and I'm joined by Matthew Walker. And before we start today, uh, just because Matthew brought it up, we we go, we go to this ongoing issue, my issue, where I call it Sheep Wolf instead of Wolf Sheep, <laughs> and and Matthew constantly corrects me. But he asked me today again, why is it called Wolf Sheep? Well, it comes from the scripture. From Matthew 7.15, uh, about false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but it's, you know, hidden their, their uh, ravenous wolves. Well, we are sheep in wolves' clothing, where we're, we're not specifically prophets, I'm not going to call myself a prophet, but believers in the world, we have to wear the, the clothes of wolves because we're in the world, but, yeah. but inwardly we are we are sheep and specifically since we talk about struggles that are very worldly or earthly then then that's that's what that's where the uh name comes from does that clear things up yeah pretty good it's better than calling it two old farts <sighs> speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right so today's topic uh which we've titled or rather i've titled my early midlife crisis uh we always do a topic intro, and for this one, it is this. I, I had this one, and it's uh, viewing, you know, my life going back, uh, revisiting the past with what I know now. I uh, I've thought, well, would I do things differently? You know, this is gonna sound kind of similar to the the broken dreams and settled uh, episode, but not really. Because it's it's more so about the things that maybe I could have done or could have gotten away with or etc. I wouldn't say I'm a very lived person, um, and that's that's why I wanted to discuss it, because it's not a healthy thing exactly for me. But I do struggle with it. I I, I go back and look at it. So for the record, state your age. Oh, 45. forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah. Forty-five. Okay. I'm <coughs> currently thirty-one. And uh, good for you. Okay. <laughs> well, we've been friends for a rather long time. What, at least ten years now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, what is a midlife crisis to you? What does that mean to you? Well, I, like I don't think about like in forty-five years I'm gonna die, mm -hmm. but I think for me it's a uh, sitting down and reviewing: Have I done what I feel like I've set out to accomplish? Uh, do I need to restart some things? Do I need to retire some things? Mm -hmm. I think it's just an evaluation point for me right now. Okay. Now that I'm like thinking about it and haven't had relatively, have had a relatively unemotional day. Like there are days where I'm all crazy and emotional and I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I'm 45, 40 years beyond, you know, the white eyed, you know bushy bushy tailed kid mm -hmm. uh, my definition I guess is a lot more general and based on today and when I was looking at the topic again uh, I wanted to make it as simple as I could so I thought it's uh, wanting to go back wanting to yeah uh, being okay. young again or wanting to be younger I guess I think that's that's kind of more on the generalization side of things 
or at least that's what comes up to mind when you think about it. Because I don't know for you, but when I think midlife crisis, I think guys buying a motorcycle, buying a Corvette. Jeep Wrangler. Yep, trading in their wife for a younger model, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or just getting the model in general. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Leather jackets and all that. Yeah. Well, a more uh, general question here. Well, for actually not general. This one's pretty personal. Why do you qualify for an early midlife crisis? Or can you say there are things you would redo or would have liked to have done? Yeah, I think there are things that I could redo. For sure. I, I would definitely make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have invested the money I've made better than I did. Uh, I wouldn't have lived so frivo- frivolously in some respects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... <laughs> this is just me, but I think I would have confronted idiots a little little more. Rather than to allow them to just kind of spew their rhetoric, you know, and sit there and listen to it and worry about confronting people because of what they thought or what they were going to do to me or whatever. And, like, if I could go back now with the attitude I have, like, I think there would be a lot... I'd have a lot less heartache, and I think there would be few uh, a few more idiot a few less idiots in the world hmm. i don't know <laughs> all right that's selfish <laughs> no no i don't think so i i think my my point of view is actually really selfish and i think that's one of that's going to be a good um juxtaposition here is where you're where you're at and the way you look at it yeah and where i look at it because i i yes i do qualify for this particular question i do feel like i'm going through a slight midlife crisis Okay. Because I can, I've gone back. I've, I've in my mind, I've gone back and reevaluated things and how they could have gone, or what could I have gotten away with. What could I have gotten away with? Okay. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a saint. By no means am I a saint. Oh yeah, me either. Yeah. But for the most part, like I said, I'm not a very lived person. There's not very many experiences. If you had a list of a hundred things that most people have gone through or have done, etc. I'm sure I wouldn't check very many on the list. That's that's why I I say that. And I I don't know, but we'll, we'll get into well, it. Well, to add uh, to add to that just briefly, somebody got me this book. I was diagnosed with a, a brain tumor on my pituitary a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I freaked out a little bit. And then they told me it was uh, benign, so no worries. But a friend of mine got me a book called A Thousand places to see before you die and mm-hmm. he bought it a week before i got the diagnosis for the tumor <laughs> so he wouldn't give it to me because he didn't want it to think that the two were connected right but he knew i was a traveler uh-huh. so when i started when i cracked open the book there are things in there like stay at a disney resort and i'm like that's not that's not like the eiffel tower that's not like the grand canyon no, but you know well like for me well you've traveled outside of oklahoma but maybe for a kid that's True. Stayed in Podunk, Oklahoma. Then, but here's what I thought: like at my age, mm-hmm. you put different value on different experiences. Right now, a good experience to me is going to Cocoa Beach at night and watching the full moon on the water. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see Mickey. That to me, going to my favorite restaurant over there, sitting on the beach, seeing the moonlight mm-hmm. on the water. Like I think, depending on what you've experienced, other experiences kind of pale in comparison. It just depends on where your heart's at. Or where your life experience is at. I don't know. I just felt like saying that. Like, Well, oh yeah, yeah. no, no. That's... 
So somebody like you says, I haven't done a lot. Right. But what you've done is more than maybe that kid in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, yeah. you know, like we've said before about other things. This isn't one size fits all. Right. We've all had very different lives. But, yeah. you know, this is A, for our introspection, and B, to maybe spark introspection in, in anybody that's listening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But no, that's a good point to bring up. I'm not. I don't want to. Did I state my age? I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. All right. So, what you say you experience a lot in your younger years, life experiences, or just the stuff you expect everyone to do, like mini golf. Mini golf. Yes, I've experienced a lot of mini golf. Okay. That's well, about all there is to do in Oklahoma. Um. Well, yeah, I, I, I mentioned mini golf just because yeah. me specifically, I didn't go mini golfing until way, way, way later. Like I'm talking, the first mini golf I ever went to, I think, was with the youth kids, taking the youth kids to a mini golf. At what age? Twenty uh, some odd. <laughs> they don't have miniature golf in Puerto Rico. They do, but it's just it's not one of those things that my family ever wanted to do uh, or, okay. or that I ever looked at it and said, oh, you know, okay, that's, yeah, that yeah. would be neat. No, I, I had other things that I had to worry about other than going to go right. to mini golf. It's like it was almost too frivolous. Okay. Yeah. But, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm man. 45, by the way. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> would you say you experience a lot in your younger years? The kind of stuff everybody would. Yeah. My, my parents were all about taking us on one big family vacation. Mm -hmm. And then the second vacation wasn't really a vacation for me, but they would go trout fishing um, near our house, near our house. And uh, that was always, to me, murderous in my heart because I I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is heinous. We're going to catch fish that don't want to be caught, and you can't catch them with anything that would normally catch a fish. You have to catch them with something that doesn't resemble anything. It's just all these rules, and I'm like, I'm not about rules. I'm about just having fun. But, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've never gone yeah. fishing, by the way. Okay. So that's another thing I haven't lived through. Oh, I wish this was a video cast so you all could see my face. <laughs> um, oh, I, yeah. Fishing is – I'm not the – type that goes out for the relaxation of it i like to catch something Mm -hmm. you know at some point but when i was a kid you know my dad would always warn us of snakes and stuff so fishing was a little less exciting with the threat of a snake coming at you but so so fishing uh like what else they yeah they went trout fishing but every family vacation was either um we did Disney World. We did Hawaii mm-hmm. uh, when I was 18. We we did adventurous things, but I wanted to leave Oklahoma and go do go uh, adventure in the world. Uh, and so I think that was the first time I ever got to travel was 1992, and I went to Greece. Mm-hmm. And um, well, the first time was the Bahamas. Then the next time was Greece, and it was like. You go from the Bahamas to Greece. It's like completely two different places. Right, that's about as polar opposite as it Right, goes. but I didn't care. I didn't care if I got over there and, like, I was run over by a bus. Mm-hmm. I set foot on Greek soil, you know. Um, so I would think my family, even though they did vacations, they lived a pretty white bread life. Like, very plain, didn't do a lot of stuff. We just did Oklahoma things. Right. And I had a more international mindset. But see, already, even even before you're traveling, yeah. like you already qualify as having done much more than I did. Uh, that's, 
Okay. Which well, I, not not to make this about me, but no, no. Well, I mean, you need to talk a lot because I talk a lot. No, so I, well, I need to answer the question too. Yeah, but you know, I I wrote it down as uh, no, not really. You know, I can't say obviously never. I didn't go mini golf until however old yeah. I was. I've never been fishing um, because I'm a pain in the butt eater. I don't think I had a strawberry. Well, I had a chocolate covered strawberry. I can say that at some point. Just one because, I, you know, fruits and fruits chocolate and when you were younger. They didn't yeah. mix for me. Okay. But like an actual strawberry. Yeah. I think was like 24. The first time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. We, we're going we're gonna to do a podcast and have a bunch of weird foods mm-hmm. and have you eat them. Oh, no. yes, we are. No, no. Yes. There's a... I can say I've eaten a lot of stranger things, I'm, but, you know, just, there's certain things that I just, it, it's like I wait a really long time to get around to it. We're going to get you a land, sea, and air burger from McDonald's. A, a what? Land, sea, and air. It's basically chicken, beef, and fish. They put it on one barn. It's on the secret menu. Land, sea, and air. Anyway, well, that, go. Okay, well, that's interesting. It's something new that you learn every day. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just... We had, we weren't by no means poor, right. my family growing up, my mom, yeah. single mom, uh, my brother and my sister, and uh, although I have a, a brother and a sister from my dad's side, I just didn't grow up with them. But other than, you know, the entertainment I got from reading, from playing video games, uh, when we moved to, um, you know, the, the rural side, I, I was winners when, you know, I would go out into the jungle with my brother with a machete and you know, mm-hmm. cut a path or whatever, stuff like that. You know, that was about the extreme of what I did. I did right. go to Disney World with, with my aunt and my cousin and stuff, but, you know, we were more concerned. Me being the oldest male in the house, an expectation is kind of unspokenly put on you, which is you know, man of the house. Right. So I had to worry about other things, and that doesn't mean I didn't have much of a childhood, but a lot of the things that you might have experienced, I think that's why I didn't go through them, is that there was maybe not really any time or money for it. There's right. other things you can do. That's just my explanation for for that. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what sort of those things would you like to have experienced or would you like a do-over on? And, I mean, you know, Again, you got to travel a little bit. You got to do some outdoorsy stuff. But what did you not get to do? What did I not get to do? Well, well you I, want a do-over on. Sorry. Um, I want to. I would like a do-over, not living in the shadow of my older brother and his, uh, his many failings. You know, like he got a BB gun and like he killed birds with it. So I didn't get one right away. And then he got a 10-speed, and he didn't like it, so I didn't get one uh, right away. And so it was like, and then going, uh, I was four years or four or five years behind my brother in school. Mm -hmm. And so when I got there, the teachers had the memory of who he was. And so I had to create a new memory so that I could outlive who right. he was. You know, uh, oh, he was you're a, a walker boy. You're all right. You're related right. to you're, such and such. You're such and such's brother. Oh, oh God. You know? And so I had to, I had to live beyond that and create and accomplish and be somebody else so that I could get rid of that memory. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think 
I think that's the only, that's the part. It's like, I would have loved to not have to live in somebody's shadow. And especially mm-hmm. with, you know, some of the things that happened in my family, like a lot of my dad's attention was focused on my brother and away from me. Mm-hmm. So it might have been, I think my life would have been vastly different if I'd have had a father that could focus his attention on me, you know, and, and could, we could connect better rather than him. Like, just like your childhood, you had other things to do than these things. And I think right. with, with my dad and fatherhood, he had other things to take care of rather than giving us the, the attention and love that we needed all the time. He had, he had a son that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So his attention was divided. Not even divided, was, was taken away. How much, you know? I'm sorry, uh, yeah, I no, hope you don't mind me asking, but uh, how much older is your brother than you? Uh, I am 45, which I've stated. And I think he's 51. So we were six years apart. Okay. Yeah, that's not yeah. too much different from, from my brother. Yeah. And I. I'm five years older than, than yeah. Robert. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I think for me, I mean, there's you, you look back, and I've said this in the first podcast, is like I, I, I don't have those moments where I want to kill myself where I'm stressed, but I have those moments where I go in, I go to God in prayer and I'm just a mess a freaking mess and and i prayed once i'm like god you can do anything take me back to my childhood and let me have a Mm do-over i don't want to kill myself i don't want to i don't want to end my life but i'm in so much distress right now over everything that's going on and i really just want a Mm do-over and you know not thinking god would do it but i wanted to be honest with him in that prayer so that i could get that off the table. yeah Yeah. just the mere fact that you feel it is not a bad thing. It's, yeah. You know, it's just a desire. Right. And, and like for me, I know there's a lot of people out there like, be strong and, and, and carry this yourself and, and, and be a man and get through. And, and those moments are less and less when I have God because I, I need to put all this on God because he can carry it. He can carry the load better than I can carry it. And those moments where I try to carry it, um, then I have myself to blame. <laughs> you know, like a lot of the stuff that happened to me when I was younger, I didn't have myself to blame. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older and a Christian and trying to mature, you know, God doesn't want me to place the blame on them. He wants me to forgive. But, you know, that that can be hard sometimes, uh, especially when you've got people in front of you that think they have it all together mm-hmm. and you just want to give them a good throat punch. You know, I think one throat punch a year should be okay. Yeah, that, that's, but, yeah. that goes with in line with... The last podcast. Yeah, yeah. You gotta throw some of that out sometimes. Yeah, no, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna feel really, really (laughs) super, super, super guilty because, A, because you you just poured your heart out there and and that was, that was beautiful. That was, you were, you were very Uh frank and honest about it and, yeah. um, It's a pain that you went through Uh to a degree and you're still going through. And for me, it's just so darn, uh, you know, egotistical. Okay. Now, let me tell you what it is. Uh, specifically about this question about what, what things would you like to have experienced or do over. Mm-hmm. And th- and it's kind of uh, touchy, this one, because I want to experience it, but I don't need it. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and that's not even true. It's not that I want to experience it. The more... Um, the more... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? me centered person you know the 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 selfish person in me wants to go through okay let me paint a picture for you okay okay my 
uh, I, I was never very. It's not that I wasn't communicative, but you know, I didn't share about my day at school or something, yep. or you know, we hung out as a family. We were very close, my brother, my sister, my mom, and I. But you know, there were there were just things that I didn't specifically share. So in a sense, I was kind of quiet. But, you know, we still got along really well, okay? So my family, specifically my mom, had an idea of the kind of person I was. Okay. It's like she had her own Lewis in her mind of what did I do during the day. Right. You know, during she sixth created grade, boxes seventh grade, eighth grade, into. ninth grade. Yeah. No, not specifically boxes, but like, all right. You know, and this will be but funny. Her to, idea of who you were, right? And yeah. this is this is where it's kind of funny is that she thought I was dating around. She thought I was, you know, uh, you know, I think to a degree even sleeping around. Okay. Okay. And and that I mean that's about as far away as I am, you know. And and you know to a degree I guess she didn't believe me either when I said no no that's not what I am, because you know I was secretive. Not yeah. specifically trying to be secretive, but there was nothing to say, practically. Okay? So, um, and, I, and, I, and, and, and I still struggle with this, is my level of confidence. Okay? And I always struggled with the idea of, and I didn't care either, but, oh, you know, oh, shucks, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the best looking guy around, and, and okay, you know, I, I'm all right with that, I'll live with that, I'm okay, you know. Uh, so my confidence level wasn't the greatest either, but the fact that I didn't care also gave me a certain aloofness. Right. Okay. So uh, let's travel to now, right? Okay. I'm married, been married for a little over five years now, and uh, I'm, I've always been very observant, or have grown to be more observant over the years. And now I see the way... Uh, women react to me or act around me or, you know, just either at work or in social interactions. And, uh, and I see the, you know, there's, there's a level of attraction there sometimes. And, and I'm not much of a, although I wouldn't even know how to, because I don't know how to flirt, you know, right. but you know, it's even happened at work where my coworkers say, Oh, you know, she was flirting with you. And I'm like, when? You know <laughs> how? When did this happen? <laughs> when did this happen? Yeah. And I and I, you know so slowly I'm getting an understanding of these things and it's like oh I could have gotten away with this. Yeah. This is the way it was. You know back back even back in the day. And so you sit down and you know you go to bed at night and you can't really sleep so you start thinking and wondering you know in the past or in your mind and you think to yourself well huh you know I wonder what. You know, ninth grade could look like eleventh grade. Oh yeah, yep. And it's like, oh, I, I could have gotten away with certain things, right? Not good things, you know, mind right. you. But you still let yourself imagine. The closest encounter I ever had, and I'm not gonna, I've got no shame about it. I've got nothing, no qualms about it. But you know, I'm the first woman I ever kissed was my wife. You know, she was my first and only relationship. Well, if you didn't mini golf until twenty-two, I mean that's understandable. <laughs> All right, now 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 you're just having a go at me. All right. The uh, the point is that I had a lot of friends. I got along well with 
with girls a lot pretty pretty well. Yeah, yeah. We there was no uh, dividing line there because all you know he's a guy. I usually found girls more interesting. I found the guys to be kind of dumb, dull, mm-hmm. and uh, so there were some friendships, but nothing romantic usually developed there. The one time that anything almost ever did was in uh, in in high school, you know, junior or senior year. And this particular person I met up with later, and uh, we just met up for dinner or whatever, dropped her off, and uh, this was back in the youth group days, actually, Mm -hmm. early on. And uh, by the way, Matthew and I, that's how we came to know each other. Oh, you knew my brother too first, but we both served at a youth group. So while I was serving in the youth group, this came up, and the opportunity was there. Let me make this as blunt as I can. I was invited to sleep over. Not in a good way. Oh, oh, it was... Let me tell you, I wasn't going to keep the clothes on. Let's put it that uh, way. Oh, okay. And I knew... I, I almost knew even before going there. And I remember going in with a mindset, praying about it. And it's like, oh, man, I'm tempted, but I can't. Yeah. And this isn't good, so nothing came of it. I remember saying, <laughs> i got to work in the morning. I can't stay over. this can watch a movie. You know? so, which I did. I did have to work the next day, 9 o'clock. But that was the closest it ever came to me ever mm-hmm. getting physical. Okay. You still got it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, I just, you know, damn it, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just, I feel really shit. I almost said it. <laughs> I'm going to leave that for another podcast. But I feel really bad about it, you know, going back, you know, looking back on this mm-hmm. and wanting that or wanting to experience it because it just, it's so selfish to want to even think about that. And I don't need it. I don't need I don't need it. I'm a better person for it. I have a better marriage for it. Right. But I missed out on it, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, the Not world missed out Yeah, on it. the world would say you missed out on it, but you you I don't like you get to the edge of something, you know you're making the right decision, but then you're all conflicted. Mhm. You know, cuz you are human. Yeah. We, we live in this little earth earth suit. And yeah, Right where we are, wolf sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and okay, so there was this girl. Mm-hmm. Only because because I grew up. Um. Well, I most of my life I've thought I was gay, so didn't date a lot of women. Was friends with them, but when I walked out of it in 1998, spent a year just getting back to God, getting away from gay people, getting away from Christians, getting away from anybody who had an opinion other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably two or three years after I moved here, uh, this girl showed up at our area, and she trained wolves mm-hmm. in Virginia, I think. And I, yeah, and I trained sea lions here, and so we were uh, training each other on different aspects of animal training. Mm-hmm. And... She visited once, and it was the first time I'd really ever been attracted to a girl. Uh, and so I knew, like, the the things in my brain and my mind were changing, and I was actually attracted to this woman. And so then she left, and she came back to visit, and I took her to her hotel. Mm-hmm. And I just I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, do not even go into the lobby. Just drop her off here, because mm-hmm. if you go in, you're you're you know, you're going to go all the way through it. Because I'd, I'd lived a very sexual existence in my gay life. Mm-hmm. But, like, here I'm trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to do the right thing. And 
I told her, I was like, I, I, I got to drop you off here, you know, and right. she sent me an email later. She goes, I'm so glad you didn't come up because I was being tempted this way. And I was like, wow, that's, it's like one of those moments you look back and a lot of my guy friends would have been like, go for it. Right. But my Christian standing where I was, I didn't want to trade one sin for another, but it was just like the fact that I felt that way makes me look back and go, I wanted to do it. I didn't need it. Kind of the same thing you, you know. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's the unfortunate nature of most sin. Yeah. Is that, you know, I, you know this is beating a beating a dead horse but because it's been said so much, but sin is, is fun. It's it's always fun. It's just it's not. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's good, you know. Um, hmm. Would your life be better or worse if you could go back? And how would you feel? How how would it be better or worse? Ah, oh, man, I just I butchered this question. I don't know how to ask it. Well, right? here's 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 what I think you're asking because mm-hmm. I've I've asked myself this before. I think we all want to go back with the information we have now, right? Yeah, everyone. you know, and, and invest in Apple and Google and be rich, you right. know, or know the lottery numbers and go back with those. Mm-hmm. But it's like. I did have. I used to have those moments where I did want to go back, and within the last six or seven months, I've developed such a a love for what I've done mm-hmm. and a love for the people, and and just watching how God did this, which can which piggybacked on this, which led to this, which led to that. If I go back and change anything, I'll have a vastly different life. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that? Even if you do go back and get some stuff right, you're always going to make mistakes. Right. And if, if you're living a life that's super calculated, that's no life at all. Because mm-hmm. I know some people who do that, who have the schedule dictates their life. The calendar dictates their life. They, they live very little, live with very little spontaneity. But like, I, I think for me, mm-hmm. that, that question to me says, what would you, if you could, would you go back and change it? What would you change? And I think at this point, I don't want to change anything. Mm-hmm. I want to live in spite of it. I want to live a good life in spite of it. If it was good, I want to keep it. If it was bad, if I need to forgive, I want to like get rid of that. But the difficulty is, even if you forgive and, and go back and, and make everything right, you're still going to meet a butthole tomorrow. <laughs> You know, you're still going to meet somebody who walks into your living room and takes a dump on your floor, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. And so living in such a way that you don't necessarily have to get hung up by the distractions, the lateral distractions. Right. Because you're, you have a vertical, you have a vertical mindset doing what God has called you to do and, and, and living in communion with God. You know, the, the original reason he created man was to have communion with man. Not so they could go out and do a bunch of crazy stuff, right? You know, and so I think for me, moving me forward is not getting lost in what I can do for God, mm-hmm. but getting lost in who God is and and who I am in Him. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy that just does a bunch of stuff right. because I feel like this is what God's called me to do, and then lose my relationship with God. And mm-hmm. my relationship with God is the most important thing going forward and i know if i hadn't struggled with homosexuality i wouldn't know god as much as i did because i lived a life where i could do anything on my own and then when it came to my sexual struggle i'm like i can't handle this there's there's no way i can fix this there's no way i can 
be pure and holy before God other than with his help. Hmm. So, I don't know if that even answered the question. No, no, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much in line with, with the way I would answer, whether it be better or worse, if I could go back and experience all these things. Yeah. I know that it would not be better, you know, because it, yeah. A, you know, it's it's a domino effect. So one action changes yes. everything, and then all of a sudden, life right now doesn't look anything like this. No, you know, I I can't imagine it would end anywhere near where it's at now. Yeah. Um. I think I have a a healthy amount of fear. Back in those days, especially. But that's what led me to this place. Fear, not in a bad sense. Just to a degree, I mean, it could have been bad as far as, you know, leading me at times when I didn't need to be fearful. But that fear, that wanting to be in right standing with God, personally, him, me, and you know, one-on-one, kept me from certain pitfalls, you know. And, And I wouldn't trade that fear up. Despite however fun the 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 activities may have been, you know, Lothario Lewis is not worth exchanging what I have now. Right. Mm-hmm. What does Lothario mean? Tell me that. <laughs> Lothario, I'm from Oklahoma. Lothario is a is a guy that sleeps around. He, he seduces uh, women. He goes around. Okay. That's a general yeah. way of explaining. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, like I grew up with all kinds of fear. I was afraid of my dad. I was afraid of my mom. Both both are personalities. And I was afraid of my brother. And I was afraid of all the women in my family. And so I really lived, I really lived a squashed existence. Mm-hmm. So I lived, you know, fantasy life is not just porn. Fantasy life is living a life beyond your life because your life is so painful or so boring or whatever and so my fantasy life was any time I got outside the house and so I know for me fear has been a huge motivator and I still struggle with that like I I feel like I want to be a stand-up comedian I want to go out and do that but fear keeps me from doing it and if my friend Christine listens to this she's gonna send me a dirty email about how I should do it and how she's been telling me to do it for years but like there are there are legitimate respect, respectable amounts of fear mm-hmm. that you don't do stupid things like go 90, you know, go 110 down the highway because I have gone 95. But you don't go 110 down the highway in right. traffic. But when it comes to doing that big thing that you feel like you're built for, you think you want to do, there's a fear of failure, humiliation, all that stuff that kind of still keeps me from doing that. Yeah, fear is its own yeah. Prison. Yeah. For for many things. And yeah, I think it's uh for both of us it's a lot of it is rejection. It's just we don't wanna Right. We fear the rejection more than anything else. Well and, and this is where the whole midlife crisis comes in. Mm-hmm. Have I missed out on doing some of the stuff I wanted to do? Am I too old? Can I have blue hair now, other than the traditional blue hairs in Florida? Right. But like <laughs> can I get a tattoo? Can I you know, and I don't wanna be that I don't wanna be Bruce Jenner that waited you know, nothing against what he does, whatever. But, like, I don't want to wait until I'm in my 50s or 60s mm-hmm. to do something. Like, I don't want to get a sex change, but, like, to do something that I've wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait till a point where it's going to seem awkward. And I don't want to, I don't want the fear of having done something amazing 
I don't want the fear of, of doing something keep me from doing it. And then at the age of 60, I do it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with him? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and I, like, I want to live an authentic life to the point that, you know, I put crazy pictures up on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we had a day at SeaWorld where one of the girls was leaving. All the girls dressed up as a captain, pirate captain in the show, and the girls' costumes were very different. And they mm-hmm. said, will you dress up with us? And I was like, sure, why not? Because it was funny. So I dressed up, and I have gotten some really weird responses to that picture on Facebook. But I don't... The, the yellow, yeah. red, blue... And no, no, no. This was like me and a walrus on my Facebook. Oh, yeah. it's a little... It's, yeah. No, it, it's, it's a really neat... It's a cool, funny picture. <laughs> but, like, but it's like yeah. so many people have been like, Oh my gosh! Like they're they're freaking out over it, and like there's a part of me that just wants to do stuff to freak out those people who live in the box. Mm-hmm. I don't live in the box. Fear keeps me in the box, but I hate the box. I want to burn the box down. Right. <laughs> That's where my midlife crisis comes in. Am I too old to do something fun? Am I too old to still? And just a public service announcement: If you are over the age of 40, do not shop at Hollister. Evacuate the store and go to Old Navy where the clothes are more age appropriate. That's all I have to say. Okay, thank you for that PSA. Good gracious. <laughs> all right, just because I like to have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. Do you think there are one? Wait, did you answer that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, did. Yeah. Are you sure. Well, yeah, well, you, you just expounded on it. Oh, okay, yeah. good. No. Um. Do you think there are a couple of things, one or a couple of things, that you could do or experience that would make getting older a little better? I mean, like we just talked about, not being afraid of doing this or doing that or trying this or trying the other. Yeah. What's, what's one or two things that you would... I want to go to Antarctica. Okay. Uh, I, I want to travel the world still. I don't have a problem with that. I want to go to Antarctica. And I also, like, what, tell, say the question again, because I think I had something else. What's one or, one or a couple of things that you that would make getting older better? Oh, yeah. I want to go to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. I wanna, and there's a resort down there. It sounds stupid, but I want to stay in the resort. Uh, and then the other thing is, gosh, I don't know. I want to have enough money to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. I want to have enough money to have my friends over when I want to have them over. I... I want to have people around me. I, I think, okay, here's here's the ultimate. I want the ministry that I do to have a long-lasting impact. I don't want to just impact six people. Mm-hmm. I want to impact a generation of people for the gospel, but I don't want it to be about me. But I want to feel, I think as a man, you need to feel like what you're doing means something and has a long-term effects. And I want to leave a legacy. A further you know? further sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I just putzed around for no, so I, many years, you know. Let me, you know, let me just say that now. I think the impact that you've had on people over the years, you can't discount that. Right. Because you've done more than just your specific ministry right now. Right. I mean, you served in the youth group for for what six, seven, eight years. Yeah, something like that. Six years, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can't discount right. the number of lives that you affected during that time. So yeah, don't sell yourself short. I think. I know that you can't see the long-lasting effects, but let me just, as somebody who's viewed you yeah. when I was much younger, we grew up, in a sense, together for a number of years. I look up All to right. you, okay? I'm just Thank letting you, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cue the tears. 
No, that that's helpful because I, I think my problem is I I quickly forget the good stuff and easily project the bad stuff. Oh yeah, it's yeah. always easier to remember the yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's a quote from Pretty Woman. <laughs> Sometimes the bad stuff is easier to believe. <laughs> I won't lay out the scene for you, but anyway. This one's for for Troy. I think Troy will appreciate that more than anything. Ah, uh, Troy, spam, spam, spam. <laughs> I love spam. Actually, he fried spamming bed on a sandwich. And, and puppets. Uh, yeah. At church, puppets. All right. So, what things would I do? Mm-hmm. I wrote down three. Okay. The first one's gonna. It may get me banned from certain groups, but I don't care. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I would love to have an edible. A what? An edible. A What's mar- an edible? Um, <laughs> specifically, a THC or marijuana edible. What does that mean? All right. Oh, you want to eat brownies? Well, well, you know, if it happens to be the brownies, then that's fine by <laughs> me. Even better because I like, as long as it's sweet, it's better to me. But I know that's really odd to say, especially in no, Christian I, circles. Yeah. I never judge anybody. I mean, if you smoke, drink, whatever you want to do, just, you know, that's your own problem. But, yeah, unless you're holed up in your mom's garage apartment, mm-hmm. you know, for those of you who are and shouldn't be, you know. But for somebody that doesn't drink, right. doesn't smoke, hasn't done drugs, you know, other than Advil, you know, this is, that's the one thing. Okay, you know what, I'm going to try try a little marijuana cookie or try a, 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 oh, yeah. a weed brownie or whatever. But they put it in lasagna in Colorado. Apparently they put it on everything yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's number one. Number that's two. That's shocking, but not. It's surprising, but not shocking. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Number yeah. two. Okay. Right. Number two is, is travel, and which I've got a good partner for it because my wife loves to travel. Oh, good. Okay. And you know we talked about how I like to stay within my little fence, but I just <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't stay in the fence. <laughs> that was a home run. Okay. All right. I have a little gas. Sorry. That's okay. Um, okay. What's the third one? And this one's going to... I can't define this one, but this is the best way I can put it. It is a willing, death-defying action. So, most people would say, oh yeah, I've gone skydiving. I don't want to... Bungee jumping? Uh, I don't really... Bungee jumping or skydiving doesn't... It's just it doesn't sound that appealing to me. But something along those lines. you gotta have a, you got to have a category. you got to have a... Well, I mean, I face... Death down a number of times. I've been in a number of cars without brakes before. Oh, wow. Yeah. One time in a school bus. I could tell you that story another time. All right. We would have, we would have just gone right over the hill and, and down into a canyon. Yeah. A uh, number of things. So Willing, death-defying action. Right. Define in, that. Well, like, within, there's got to be something. Within safe or relatively safe terms, you know. Again, not... Shark diving. Jumping. Shark cage diving. Okay, yeah, I think I could f- at least fight a little bit in that situation. <laughs> if I, if You're in a be. cage. But, you know, in case something goes wrong. All right. Uh, all right. Does that sound... I don't know. That's, yeah, it does. I just, like, I automatically think of uh, skydiving, bungee jumping. Right, the usual suspects, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah, what? Oh, where was it? Oh, no, 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 because oh, okay. it makes me sound like a madman. I'm not going to say that one. No, no, say it. it uh, look, you're already eating pot brownies, and you didn't golf till you're 22. <laughs> Nothing's going to surprise me now. Um, You want somebody to shoot an apple off the top of your head? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, that, no, that doesn't sound fun. Okay. Um, 
you know, well, you know, I grew up with all the superheroes and stuff. But yes. Maybe one day just put on a mask and go stop a crime. Something stupid like that. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't think it's stupid. I just think it's. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's a wise. little stupid. Yeah. It's a well, little. Yeah. Stupid. But I shouldn't have even brought that up. All right. No, with I mean it's our podcast. It's yeah. not like we have supporters. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's finish this out. What's okay. a What's a piece of advice you'd give to someone going through a midlife crisis? Uh, Jeannie Mayo used to say this, and I'm gonna butcher it, but she she talked about how do not make any decisions when you're low mm-hmm. and when you're high. Like when you're on the lowest of lows or when you're excited, you know, don't make any decisions at the emotional extremes, mm-hmm. but make decisions in the middle. You know, and I've heard people say if you if you're in that place where, you know, you're you're probably going to go out and do something bad, freeze your credit cards in a big ball of ice and put them in. the Yeah, freezer. yeah, I've heard of that. One yeah. Before. And so but I would say because here's the thing, God. God and I had this little thing, and I think I've talked about this before. He's like, you, you're free to say anything. You have the free will. Mm-hmm. But also know that you will dole out apologies if you hurt, hurt somebody's feelings, and that apology may not fix what's gone on. So know that you have power mm-hmm. to say something wrong to somebody. And so I would just say if my advice given to somebody who's going through a midlife crisis, it's not as bad as you think. Uh-huh. Reassess the good that you've done. Right. And then – you know, maybe go on a cruise, you know, do, do something to satiate that feeling, but don't do something crazy. Don't go buy the Range Rover. Right. Don't go buy the Corvette, but maybe go on a cruise, maybe go to a theme park, maybe do something you've wanted to do that sort of generates endorphins and generates the adrenaline rush and and generates that feel good. What is it? Serotonin generates a feel good feeling. Mm -hmm. But, but it sort of satiates you for the moment so that you don't – because it, what was the scripture that says uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick? Right. You know, and, and that's midlife crisis. You could be in that place where hope deferred makes your heart sick, and sick hearts go out in need of, of healing. Mm-hmm. They go out in need of something not to be sick, to feel good. And so I think that's – don't be be rational in your decision-making. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make a – a rash decision unless you can return it next week <laughs> rent a car instead of buying a car i i've done these things like oh, i would go rent sports I, I never, cars i would have never thought of that but yeah that's kind of an i rented idea. a sports car yeah. and then i talked to somebody who had a lamborghini they can only drive it a thousand miles a year so if they drive it more there's more insurance and so and the maintenance is yeah ridiculously high yeah so be realistic about what the long-term like I think somebody in the heat of being low and being super excited can make a decision that will make the feeling you feel now way worse because you'll have to live with it because you put a stamp on it. You, you've, you've invested into your emotionality rather than investing into what long-term is. You know, and the truth of the matter is I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. You could live till you're 90. We don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So this whole midlife thing... I could be right. Midlife could have been midlife three been, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like you're living in a funk, and and of course for me and you as well, mm-hmm. take it to God, ask God to intervene, ask God. God has given me so many little gifts over the years, and so many silly things that I've never asked for that I didn't think I needed, and just for example, I bought a random plant and it had two tomatoes in it, mm-hmm. and I planted those tomatoes in my front yard, and this thing grew to six feet tall. 
and it has been producing tomatoes. And I'm like, it sounds stupid, but it was a random gift. I didn't even buy tomatoes. And I raised these things up, and and it was like this unexpected blessing, like a serendipitous event that God allowed. Um, and I think that's who he is. I think God works in the small things. We, yeah, yeah. You know? At least for me. I, I know he does for other people, but I'm not putting my crap on you. <laughs> oh, I started to say what you said, but I didn't say it. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that one day. Yeah. But yeah, um, my advice would be to always consider the, the positive and the negative yeah. of what could have been if you do things differently or if you actively go out and do things differently. Weigh that and weigh what you have now. Yeah. Think of what would be if you didn't have it. Yeah. Appreciate what you do have. You know, that's... maybe help somebody else with their dream. Mm-hmm. If yours seems un, you know, if yours seems unaccomplishable, that's not a word, but I don't know what the word is. If you can't accomplish your own dream right away, think help somebody else do theirs. You know, inspire somebody, teach somebody. Um, you know, I, like this podcast for us, I think is is occupying a space that we both right. wanted to do. It's tickling, a, you know, a, yeah. a creative bone or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Well, good. I think we get. I think we did some good today. Yeah, I think so. I feel better. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, take my Corvette back. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, we hope we made you think. Uh, if you want to reach us, please do find us on Facebook.com/slash Wolf Sheep Pod. You can reach me at uh, Lewis, L-U-I-S, or I'm sorry, for the number four, C-S Lewis at gmail.com. Matthew, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at bigfishministry at gmail.com. And I also have a blog at mattywalk.com, M-A-T-T-I-E-W-A-L-K.com. And we are now on uh, iTunes, so download there. Please drop us a review if you would be so kind. Uh, Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And uh, from Luis Cavedo, Matthew Walker, this is Wolf Sheep.